The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good evening and happy Thursday here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and we're streaming on 106nthefan.com. Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday, getting ready for the weekend on September 17th, 401 our kickoff time. Good to have you joining us wherever and however you're doing so. If you want to be a part of our show, you can text in at 435-339-0321 or you can call in at 435-752-1069. A lot to get to today. We've got a big, big high school football game tonight. Ridgeline, Skyview, number one versus number two at Ridgeline. That's in Millville. If you're looking to get a seat, you might want to leave... Now, okay, maybe not now, but you might want to think about at least packing up the uh, the snacks and the treats and getting your blanket, finding a place to to get a seat at, because this thing is going to be uh, it is going to be quite loaded in regards to fans in the stands tonight. Uh, that game will be heard on uh, this station, 106nthefan.com, or excuse me, 106nfm and 1390 AM, and then 104.5 FM, right, Eric? Yep, and it'll be streamed on 106.9thefan.com. Uh, Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger will be on the call tonight as the Ridgeline is the host, so they will have the call. They will do their very best to keep it as unbiased as possible. I'm not too worried about that with those two. Uh, they're pretty good at doing their job. So, again, I want to thank John Newbold and Dave Simmons for jo- joining us uh, earlier in the week, uh, giving us breakdowns of both Skyview and Ridgeline. thought they did a tremendous job, really good stuff. Uh, and, uh, again, this is going to be a fun game to look forward to, maybe one of the bigger games we've had recently uh, in, in this uh, Valley's history. Yeah, well, there's been times where there's been a number one and a number two or a number two and a number three, things like that, very highly ranked schools in our area invariably they do face off against each other but it, it seems like it's been a little bit since we've had number one versus number two in yeah. the regular season well, and like not this. only that but eric you got to think about this if whoever wins is in the driver's seat for the region championship whoever wins is in the driver's seat as the number one team in the rpi yeah not only yeah you're right not just for region implications but statewide rankings and the the rest of you know the the postseason how it sets up in different brackets so yeah, it's, it's an important game. I don't think you can um, overstate it. Uh, I think you have to be careful not to uh, make too big of a deal about it. But uh, it, it's a big showdown between two really good, really balanced teams. Hey, does the recent championship, do you feel like it still means more? Or at least it means an importance to those players? Or is it, look, who cares? Because even if you do win the region championship, you still may not end up with a buyer. You still may not end up as the number one team in the RPI. Does that region 11 champion or is that region championship still carry any weight of uh, excitement or appreciation? I I mean, I don't know because I'm not in those programs, but I would think that it should. I mean, it's still winning your region, being the number one team out of your region still should mean something. You get to put something on a, on a banner or a plaque um, in your arena or in your school, when you're a region champ, uh, it, it still means something. Yeah, uh, We're going to get to a lot to today. Uh, we'll, we'll not only preview the Skyview Ridgeline game and give our predictions, but uh, we got Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune who will be joining us at 515. Uh, he'll talk about the Mountain West Conference football rumors that are rumbling around. Uh, Brett McMurphy earlier this morning sent out a tweet uh, that they are aggressively trying to put together an eight-game conference schedule. Um, and are, I, that, that there's conversation of it going on, 
and how quick it happens and such. But where does California stand? How does it affect San Diego State? We'll talk to Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune here about 5.15 tonight uh, to get his thoughts on what's been a really odd uh, odd couple of days, to be honest with you, in regards to college football. And then, of course, Eric, we've got Game 2 tonight of the C- uh, Celtics and Heat. This, By the way, did you know, Eric, this is the first time in Eastern Conference Finals history in the NBA that they either the number one or two seed was not playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Really? That is the first time we've ever had this. Yeah, so Boston is the, what, number three? Yep. And Miami's, Miami's number five. Five, yeah. It's incredible. It's fun. Yeah, and it's been, it has been fun. And if uh, any indication of game one was a uh, preview of what we're going to get, boy, buckle up. It's going to be a dandy. 117-114 was the final score as the Heat got past the Celtics in game one. Can they repeat and go into game two? Now, by the way, another stat for you, by the way, to blow your mind here on a Thursday afternoon. The Heat are the first team in NBA history to win multiple games after trailing by 10 plus entering the fourth quarter in a single postseason. They trailed by 12, of course, entering the fourth uh, versus uh, the Celtics. They trailed by 12 in game three against the Bucks. So we've had this little bit of a cardiac comeback kid theme uh, looming its head in this NBA playoff format. We all we all know about Denver. That's no secret. But, I mean, the Heat as well have really been able to play the cool, calm, collective uh, role of this Eastern Conference playoffs and be able to, to make do with what they have. And, again, I mean, they they come back again against a good Celtics team that was up big. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden Heat go on this epic run, including Jimmy Butler, who had a couple of just – unbelievable shots and we go into overtime and Celtics take care of business from there and they lead now 1-0 so uh, we'll get into that and again we got so much more as MLB baseball gets ready for their playoffs we are still 12 days away from the playoffs but a lot can happen so a time to get through Eric yeah um there's uh, (laughs) a Yeah, where to begin? Yeah, right? where do you, I mean, where do we want to start? About pick six, by the way, we do have pick six today. Yep, and we'll get that on. We do. Uh, I want to say this. I want to make sure people are clear. We've got this fun contest we've been doing throughout the high school football season, uh, the Preps Pick'em Contest presented by the Logo Shop. They've been a great sponsor of this. It's where you, you know they are your booster club headquarters for high school competitive club teams. Um, you get to go on there on our website. There's a link on 1069thefan.com. You can click on that, and it'll take you to our Preps Pick'em Contest. Because there's a Thursday game, if you want that to be included in your overall score and your overall totals, you need to make your pick for that game by 6 o'clock tonight. Oh. Well, so got to get on that then. That's been updated recently. So uh, if you want the, the Ridgeline Skyview game to count, your 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 pick of that game. If you want it to count towards your overall total possible score, make your selection now. <laughs> I mean, get in there and make it yeah, before, right before now, 6 o'clock tonight. So, uh, oh. And if you win this week, it's $100 to McDonald's. That is... Mickey D's. Okay, how long would that $100 gift card to McDonald's last you? I could stretch that a ways. If it's just for me. Yeah, yeah. If it's just for you, estimate how much it would last you. Give me an estimate. Or a well, I wouldn't I go guess. there every day. I'd probably go maybe once a week. 
Really? You you're only once a week? Honestly, yeah, I'm a I'm a variety guy. I I like to mix it up. I can't I go a, to the same places every day. I am or every addicted other day. to McDonald's. Like their breakfast, especially. I love their breakfast. That's where my hundred dollars to McDonald's would go to. Usually, would be breakfast. In saying that, I'm going maybe two months, and it's gone. That is not a joke. You think you could make it last two months? I think <laughs> that is, yeah, I, and that might be stretching it. Yeah, I think. I think that would be stretching it for you. Oh, stop it. Oh, yeah, like you would know. as much as you'd want to go. I send people to Javier's or whatever that place was that's not even (laughs) open. Yeah, you sure do. Speaking of uh, McDonald's. Oh, you're turning it down? Uh, What? Yes, I need to. Trying to be better. Are you really? Yeah. Did I change your... I better not, but thank you Yeah, because you keep mocking me. There's a little jar here in the office that has like... Werther's butterscotch things, I pop one in, and like, really? You're going to eat that? <laughs> I'm like, well. No way. Yeah. <laughs> you're like mocking me. Like, oh, man, you need to watch what you're eating. Like, it's a Werther's. So, no, I have to pass on the old uh, spud nuts around the office now because well, I just makes dropped fun of off me. one on my desk anyway. Doggone it. <laughs> hey, you want my. Hey, we're going to split this in half. Okay? 90 calories each. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um. By the way, a picture came out of the Thunder first round picks. So we're, let's let's start with the NBA because we got pick six later on. We got Mark Ziegler in college football and and other stuff to get to. Uh, Thunder first round picks from now until twenty twenty six. Uh, they have. Let's see here. Make sure I got this right. They have two first round picks this year. One one of them comes from Denver. They have two first-round picks next year. One of them comes from Miami. They have two first-round picks next or in 2022. One of them comes from the Clippers. They have two in 23. One of them comes from Miami. Two in, no three and they have three first-round picks in 24. Uh, two of them come from the Clippers and, and the Rockets. Uh, they have one in their, they have their own in 2025. They have three first-round picks in 2026. Clippers in Houston. God, that's amazing. Four of those, Eric. Four of those are first-round protected picks. I don't know if or, or Oklahoma City will use all of those. I don't. I don't see it. But, but trade man, bait? what? Yeah, trade bait, uh, incentives to get the players that you need to build around the young stars that you do draft. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City should be in a, a, a desirable place. That's. For a new I was coach. about to ask you because we. We we and we actually talked about this yesterday with a new coach. Who would you see? Could you see a college coach like I mean I guess Billy Donovan left Florida to go to Oklahoma City. Could you see something similar like that going to Oklahoma City, or do you think a veteran NBA coach, a Mike D'Antoni, um, maybe even a Mike Brown or a Tyrone Lue? I think a Tyrone Lue would be a great fit in Oklahoma City. Could you see something like that? Well, I think. I think there's different types of, of coaches that fit different types of opportunities. I think that Ty Lu, he probably fits an opportunity where there are already some established stars because he had to deal with that with LeBron and yeah. and uh, what he was doing in some other venues with some stars. And I think that he would could walk into a situation like Houston, perhaps, where there are already some stars and he knows how to handle stars. Uh, there are other coaches that walk in and they are there to – change a culture, build up a culture, um, start something new. 
Uh, and then I think there's also a different, another type of coach. I, I guess I'd call it the Steve Nash uh, approach, where maybe their basketball coaching, organizational, everything is not quite there yet, but they're more relationship guys and how they connect with some of the stars that are there. Um, and I guess maybe Ty Loon could potentially be that guy uh, in, in Houston, or Sam Cassell could be that guy in Houston. But in Oklahoma City, you're going to need somebody who um, is more of a developmental type coach because uh, there's going to be a lot of young stars there or young picks, young uh, players, and uh, they can teach them the, the NBA way. So a college to the NBA guy, maybe that's a scenario because they're going to be a, a younger team and a, a college coach knows how to do that. But uh, we saw what happened in Cleveland when they went the route with, uh, what's his name, from Michigan. Didn't work out well. Um, oh, uh, when, John Beeline. Yeah, Beeline. So it doesn't always translate. Um, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's intriguing to see this with six different vacancies uh, how they get filled. Are we going to see some new, fresh faces? Are we going to see some also-rans? Um, or are we see more situations like Steve Nash, where somebody comes from being a former player not that long ago, and they get their first gig? What about free agency-wise? Is Oklahoma City an attractive destination for a free agent if they're looking for one? They have the cap space. They have plenty of it. Uh, fair question. I think if somebody wants to be the guy... That might be a good place to be because um, there's some young talent that's developing around them. But I think that I'd be maybe a little concerned because they were they were a playoff team that went to seven games in the first round and they still got rid of their coach. Um, and so there's they've clearly sent a message that we want to rebuild and focus on young developing young talent. So... Holy cow. I don't know that a free agent is going to go there thinking, I'm going to come here to, to win and, and chase deep into the playoffs. I think that would be a concern. Yeah, no, that's a good point you bring up. I, I'm looking at the free agent list right now, Eric, for this upcoming season. Or, sorry, this upcoming offseason, I should say. Gordon Hayward is a free agent. Paul Millsap, Otto Porter Jr. I feel like he's been a free agent every time. Uh, Andre Drummond's a free agent. Anthony Davis, Hassan Whiteside, Nick, Nicholas Batum, or Batum. Batum. I say Batum every time. Uh, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Danilo Gallinari. I think that's one the Jazz should go after, by the way. And he's in Oklahoma City right now. Uh, Jeff Teague, Derek Favors, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Goran Dragic, Evan, or Evan Fournier, Fournier. Fournier. Thank you, Fournier. Tristan Thompson's a big man who uh, loves getting the Marcus Morris Senior is a guy who loves getting touches. I don't know he could he wouldn't really be that productive for them, but uh those are some of the names that are open this upcoming free agency. Carmelo Anthony's a free, but that I think Portland's gonna re-sign him to be honest with you for something minimum. Just take a veteran minimum out of it and see, hey, look, nobody else wants you except us. That's that's what I would tell them. Anyways, yeah, so a lot of good free agents on this on this list, but I don't think I see any of those guys being the guy, except for one, DeMar DeRozan. 
thing is that DeMar DeRozan loves San Antonio. He loves it there. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing he's doing well there. But I mean, is there any names that said that that tell you, hey, this guy wants to be the star player? Uh, Paul I, Millsap, no. Gordon Hayward shies away from it. Otto Porter Jr. I don't so you're saying of the list of free agents, if I wanted to build a team around one guy, about one says, guy, and if I got him, then I would have a I would have a dangerous team. Yeah, correct. But um, he's okay with being the guy. I'm looking at this list. I mean, DeRozan is a nice player, but I don't know if he's like going to be the you know the guy that's going to lead you. He hasn't done it. Well, I mean, he's done okay in San Antonio, but he's not what they've had before. I still take LaMarcus Aldridge over him as a leader. Um, Danilo Gallinari, can he do it again over in OKC? Or you think he no. wants to? Yeah, uh, he's a companion. Piece. He's not a foundation piece. Um, Brandon Ingram is making some big strides yeah, as a player. That's a good one. And he loves the touches, too. He loves the touches. He'll take them. Uh, what about ooh, Fred Van Fleet's a free agent, too? Again, that's a, that's a guy that you'd like to have on your squad, but not somebody that you're going to build around. I mean, you know, you're right, Eric. When I look at the list, it's all a bunch of role players. You know, yeah, nice free agents, but not somebody yeah, that's like great sidekicks, right? Like great Scotty Pippen, quote unquote. But I mean, because I really, I look at it, and there is, there's a lot of good sidekicks, good wingmen, if you want to call them that. Marvin Bagley the third, good wingman. Darren Fox, good wingman. Ronnie Hood, Brandon Ingram, Josh Jackson, uh, Robin Lopez. JaVale McGee, if he gets paid big, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Rajon Rondo, Cal Corver. I, you know, I actually kind of think Cal Corver is gonna retire. I don't know. After his brother's death, he hasn't really been the same. Yeah, but he's still in there and he's still doing some things. He'll he's if he wants to play, them. somebody will give him a contract. But you know, here's the problem: is that he wants to be in Utah. He had vocally said him and his wife cried after he was traded. Because they thought they were going to be able to retire in Utah. They have a home here in Salt Lake. They have their kids here. His wife still lives here. He doesn't want to leave. Like, Look, I, I, I know he's not your defensive guru. But if you need somebody to spread the court, will it help spread the court on the bench? Coming off the bench, not needing many touches, not needing many minutes. Corver is a good look for Utah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other good sidekicks well, here. Well, Utah's got to find um, really the, the, the number one priority has to be a 3 and D player. An athletic wing defender who can hit the outside shot. Okay, but who is that here? Like, if you were to get someone for I mean, you, it, that you're not going to break the bank because you, I mean, you're already doing it right now with contracts that are just crazy to keep a roster together. But, I mean, a 3 and D guy. And by the way, I still think, and I'm almost, I'm getting more and more confident by the day Derek Ferris is coming back to Utah for a veteran minimum. Well, I'd like that. I well, think I'd it would work it. out great. I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd absolutely be all for it. 
Uh, what about DeMar DeRozan? We don't need another guard. Not not big enough. No, and he's honestly he's too selfish. Like he'll like Donovan's touches will go extremely down. Uh, what about? I know this is like a far shot in the dark. Montrez Harrell or Jay Crowder. He's a free agent, by the way, too, after his time in Miami. Or he could re-sign with Miami if they win a championship or if they go to the finals. Yeah, I mean, Montrez Harrell is probably more appealing just because he's younger. And he's athletic. And he's too. very and he active. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, See, I don't think he has his outside shooting like Jay Crowder does. But I think he gives you more years. Okay, so... Der- hypothetically, if, if Derek Favors doesn't come here, which I still think, strongly think that he is coming here. If he didn't, though, Robin Lopez. But you probably have to break the bank with him, wouldn't you? I mean, he's probably going to be asking for a lot of money. Robin Lopez? Yes. I mean, he gives you some outside shooting. He's a experienced big man. I feel like there's a buck coming out of there, though. I uh, just, just older. I mean, do you need to get somebody that that yeah. old? But I mean, it's probably not a bad thing to have some veteran experience. What about Evan Fournier? He's six foot seven. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. French teammate of Rudy Gobert. Yeah. He's playing well in Orlando. Three. Yeah, but don't expect to get a lot of offense out of him. Actually, what is the average? Right the average now? is eighteen points a game. But that's with the magic, right? Because that's going to go extremely. But down. I, I can't speak to his defensive abilities. His defensive abilities are okay. But again, he's doing that with the magic. Can he? Could he be okay with his touches going way down? With a guy like Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovic, Bajanovic, or Bojan Bajanovic, Excuse me. That might be asking a lot. What about uh? Hey, Rajon Tucker's a free agent? Oh, he's restricted. Yeah. And he's got no well, has the Jazz been looking at Otto Porter Jr. for like Dude, for like forever? Last, yeah, five years. But it's kind of like a determined to be an okay thing that they didn't get him. Daniel uh, Danilo Gallinari, yes or no? Is that ship passed? I think that they have that with uh, Boyan. Okay. I don't think you need him because you already have Boyan Bogdanovich. Who's younger and cheaper and fits into your system. Already knows what's going on. Is he playing the three? Boyan? Yeah. No, the four. He was playing the four? I didn't know that. Yeah. He's 6'10". So if I'm looking for, say, a... If I'm looking for a small four. So we're looking at like a small four position, right? What about Jeremy Grant? That was when I was just about to ask you about. What's he? Out- I don't know that the the, uh, the his- Nuggets would get rid of him or or allow him to go. No, but he is uh, but his player did- option next year is nine point three million. And see, and by the way, because of that, Eric, he's going to get a lot of offers. Yeah, a he lot will. of attractive offers too. He's six foot nine. He's averaging twelve points a game, three and a half rebounds. He's developing an outside shot. Uh, I know this is crazy. I know it's nuts. 
and I think 9315, who brought it up on a text message one time? But the more and more I look at it, the more and more it just seems like it could fit. You're going to kill me. But, dude, Gordon Hayward's not... What do you think? Now, you're telling him you're coming... I mean, if he starts, your bench just gets that much deeper. If he comes off the bench, your bench gets that much deeper. I... I... <laughs> I know. I know. He's too expensive. <laughs> what is he what is where's he at right now? He has a player option next year for $34 million. Oh. He's not worth that. He's not worth anywhere near that. Could you uh, Would he fit in the Jazz system right now? Yeah, sure. I mean, he was part of that system before. He doesn't have to be the alpha. No. Which I think is he'd be what was the he would the welcome that. But Mm. You're gonna you're gonna pay Rudy big money. You're gonna extend Donovan for big money. Mike Connolly's owed big money. I mean, you, you, the Jazz can find somebody at much cheaper price that will give you just as many, or if not more, games. Because right now Hayward's at a point of his career where he's injured a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's had a few injuries now, and I still don't think he's a hundred percent from the leg injury too. I still don't think that's been out of his head. What about Joe Harris? Yes, I'd take him. I just don't think Joe Harris wants to come to Utah. I'd take him. What's he? What's his? What's his financial situation? I don't even have that. Seven point six million. Dude, that's this year. right in our freaking alley. Uh, averaged fourteen and a half points a game, four rebounds, two assists. I don't know about him defensively. He's okay defensively. He, he's not bad. You're he pop- won the three-point shootout a year ago. Yeah, he's a great shooter. Oh, so man. He's he can a, knock down the outside shot. He's a great shooter. You're probably not going to get much of a rise from him defensively when he comes onto the court, but you're not going to get a, a big drop-off either. He's six foot six, so he's the right size. Hey, Brandon Ingram is going to get paid big money, you think, right? What is he getting right now? I don't even know, but he's he's 23 years old. Uh, let's see, Ingram... Uh yeah, right now he's only getting seven point two. Oh, dude, he's gonna make so much freaking money. And he's uh I believe he's an unrestricted free agent. And he probably has bird rights, which means he's huh, he can dominate his contract situation. Yeah, he's gonna get paid big somewhere. Jay Crowder. Sorry, he is a restricted. Oh, he's restricted. He's a restricted that free agent. That changes things a little bit. Okay. What about Jay Crowder? Can't score for you. Uh, he put up 20 points the other day, and he has that potential still. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have Jay Crowder back. I'm rooting for Miami against Boston because of Jay Crowder. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You talked about that. Uh, would I like to see him in a Jazz uniform again? Yeah, I think he brings a heart and soul and edge defensively. Um, I think that he uh, is a smart basketball player, maybe not quite as athletic as, as he used to be. But he can hit the outside shot. He's improving on that. It's not quite as elite. But um, I was sad to see him go. And I think that the Jazz defense overall suffered from not having him there. Big time. And like you said, just as you called it, the enforcer. The guy who would go in there and like somebody needed to knock Jamal Murray to the ground. Just once. Not flagrant foul. Just knock him to the ground. Give him a little bit of stare. Walk away and let him know that you're there. 
Nobody did it. Uh, what about one more guy I'm, I'm looking at here? Sorry, I just lost him. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. What about Tory Craig of Denver? Ah, uh, he's restricted, and it's two million, so he's gonna get paid. Nah, never mind. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> if we we're thinking realistically, that would not happen. Evan Turner's an Evan Turner's an interesting guy as well. But that's all. That's all I see. Wilson Chandler isn't really that enticing to me. Carl, uh, Carmelo Anthony's too old. Uh, Melvin Fraser, no, please. Malcolm Miller, absolutely not. Damari Carroll, he's thirty-four though. Yeah, yeah, I no. We move on from that. Yep. Gary Clark of Orlando, huh? I don't think he plays that much of D though. Michael Beasley from Brooklyn, he's thirty-one. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think he's kind of lost some interest though, in playing the game of basketball. That's why he's in Brooklyn. Let me throw this one at you. How about Svi Mikhailuk? And you're like, what did you just say? Dude, I don't even know if you said that right, and I don't even care because I don't even heard of the guy. What would you say? He plays for Detroit. Okay. He's kind of a young, up-and-coming player. Oh, don't pretend like you know him. In the in the last games of the of the regular season, he was really starting to turn it on. 13, 14, 13, uh, had a 16-point game. Um, he grabs rebound, rebounds, he does assists, he gets steals. Uh, he's only been in the league a few years. Six foot eight. Hmm. All right. Well, there's some of the free agents that are coming by uh, that we'll be looking at here in the offseason, or do the Jazz trade a couple of guys, move a couple of guys around to get who they want to get. The problem is, is again, that 3 and D guy they're looking for, it's going to be hard to find, really hard to find, uh, of someone of the quality that they're looking for for Quinn Snyder's satisf- satisfaction. It's going to be really hard. Well, I think that what we're, really what we're uh, kind of, I think, illustrating here is that there's not a, a lot of big-name free agents this year, which frankly is probably an okay thing because there's a lot of uncertainty about what you can even throw out there financially because these NBA teams and their financial situations are drastically different now. Um, so I, I think that there will be um, guys to, to choose from, but you might also see guys that are okay players get more money than perhaps they deserve just sure. because there aren't a lot of big names. And so some teams will settle on average players. Um, but uh, I don't know what the Jazz will end up doing if they decide to go the free agent route or if they're going to make some trades and make some deals to get guys that are already under, under contract. If they trade away expiring contracts, because some teams like that flexibility – so there's still so much that's unknown. Yeah. And there's different opportunities and ways to attack it from the Utah Jazz. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we'll preview game two, Celtics-Miami Heat. Game one was really good. What do we expect out of game two? It's all coming up. Eric France and Jay Salveson, 106.9 The Fan.
Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's a primetime showdown in the ACC as the 18th-ranked Louisville Cardinals host number 17 Miami. Hi, this is TJ Reeves. Join Tiki Barber and me for all the action as two of the ACC's dynamic offenses take center stage. Can De'Eric King and the Canes come away with a tough road win over Mikhail Cunningham and the Cardinals? It's the Miami Hurricanes and the Louisville Cardinals. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday at 5 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. <laughs> Eric France and Audrey Salveson. Hey, what about, uh, what about Rudy and a draft pick for Ben Simmons? For Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? No, let's do Ben Simmons because Joel Embiid, no. <laughs> no. James, do better. You know better than that. I've always bragged about your IQ. Don't don't let me down. Now, if the Jazz want to do like a Rudy Gobert for Bam Adebayo, I'll do that. Wait, so Rudy and a draft pick or just Rudy straight up? Rudy for Bam Adebayo and a draft pick from Miami. Wow. Yeah, you might not get the draft pick. Maybe straight up is considered. But you ain't getting a draft pick from them. Well, financially, it wouldn't work straight across. Bam Bam didn't make Yeah, it's true. Because you have to... Uh, yeah, then you might either have to pay some cash. <laughs> so, wait, okay, what if you do cash consideration, Rudy... For a second round pick in Bam Bam. Take it. Really? I would take it. No way. Drugs. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, think about that one. They're and get both back great to me. defensive players. Bam Adebayo, I think, has a higher ceiling. Because of what he can do offensively. Oh, come on. And how he can guard you multiple just, positions. You're always ripping. Like, what I treat Tony Bradley like is rightfully served. <laughs> what you treat Rudy Gobert's offensive game is definitely not considered sane. He has a higher ceiling offensively. I don't even know what that means with Bam Bam yet. We have no idea if he, he can has step an out offensive and hit a three game. point shot. Can Bam Bam actually hit a three point shot? Yeah. Can, and it's not way, his forte, but he can. Well, and I, Bam Bam's defensive game is nowhere close to what Rudy Gobert's game is. Rudy is elite, yes, but Bam is on his way. There's a ceiling, and I think it's low for Bam Bam defensively. Wow. Yeah, I think it's low. Did I you not think- watch Game One in the Boston? It was Miami good. Yeah, series. Look, it was good. Sure, it the was, block at the rim. It was good. It was gr- it was a good play. I want to see consistently great plays from Bam Bam for a whole entire season before I jump on there. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Heat Celtics tonight, game two. This is at five p.m. So in about twenty minutes. Uh, man, why is this game so early? I guess it's seven p.m. over there. Forget about that. Even so, it's an early Eastern Conference Finals game. Uh, game one went to the Heat, 117-114 in overtime. It was a 14-point comeback for the Heat in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
Jimmy Butler and Bam Bam took over in overtime and led the Heat to a massive Game 1 win. Uh, even including where Butler had a uh, game-winning three-point play with about 12 seconds remaining. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Bam Bam's block uh, at the rim. <laughs> and who did he block? Tatum, who's coming full speed ahead. That was an incredible block. Uh, according to Matt Johnson, by the way, it was the best defensive play he had ever seen. Bam said his uh, half of his fingers were numb. Oh, dude, I can only imagine. After that block. Like, you saw him, like, Tatum go full speed at the rim. And it's like, oh, dude, that can't... Well, and his wrist gets torqued all the way, way back. back. Uh, let's see. Boston is favored by two and a half points in this game tonight. Over or under? Um, I'm going to take Boston with the over. Boston and the points? Yep. Really? Mm, that's confidence. I'm going to say under. Boston doesn't cover the points, but they still win. So Boston by one. two or one? By one. I think it's that close of a game. I think it's that good of a series. I think it's that even of a matchup. Uh, okay, so let's... let's. Magic Johnson's always an interesting cat. Best defensive play he's ever seen. By the way, Kareem would like a word with you. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James would also like a word with you. Would you agree with that? I mean, I guess time, situation, and circumstance, and with what's at stake. Best defensive play you've ever seen. Uh wow! I mean, closing seconds in a conference finals in overtime. Yeah, three point seven seconds left when you blocked him. Pretty incredible, dude. LeBron, James I think LeBron's chase down block, block of Iggy. That was also in the finals. Pretty incredible, dude. He, oh, I mean, he's like thirteen yards behind him. Yeah, he looked really out of place. And one bounce pass, and it was just enough time for LeBron to get there. Like a bounce pass gave LeBron. Enough time to get there. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm still taking LeBron's thing. Uh, Eric, let's go through this game really quickly. Jimmy Butler uh, has been an offensive clutch hero for Miami. And it, it's been interesting to watch Jimmy Butler play with interest, right? We talk about LeBron James. He didn't seem like he was interested at times when he was in Cleveland. Anthony Davis definitely was not interested while he was in Orleans. I would say the same thing about Jimmy Butler at his previous stops, including Chicago and definitely Philadelphia. What has changed offensively, or what has changed in his what he's seeing at Miami that makes him all of a sudden feel like, hey, I can be a contributor here for this basketball team? You weren't paying attention. Sorry, can you read that again? you got to be I saw mean. the picture you're talking about with all the, the future first-round picks going to <laughs> Oklahoma City, and I'm just like baffled. But just how many there are. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I glazed over. I don't want to even. You know what? Forget it. I'll, <laughs> sorry. I'll answer my own damn question. You repeat your you gotta question. Be Can I get a lifeline? <laughs> I'm <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I love how you like look at me like, uh, and I'm like, like I realize, he's really oh, he thinking just, about this. He just nope. asked the question. He and just I didn't freaking hear forgot it. it. That's awesome. That's... I just totally missed it. Welcome to live radio, folks. <laughs> the Odd Couple starring Eric Franson and Ozzy Salveson. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to answer my own question and let you comment after that and tag along <laughs> for the ride. Hi, it's the Full Court Press starring Ajay Salveson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler's interest in Philadelphia and Chicago was non-existent, right, when playing the game of basketball. Whether it's because that. he in Philadelphia and Chicago? His interest in playing basketball was non-existent? Because of the team? Because of the culture? Because of whatever? He was an all-star. 
that was a wasn't a I mean, loaded. you can't be an all-star no, if you have here's the zero thing, though, interest in the game of basketball. There wasn't a whole lot of options coming out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, he felt like the he said he felt like the fourth will in, in in Philadelphia. He was so frustrated there. But then all of a sudden he comes to Miami and everything and so then if that's not true, this is definitely true that his offensive game has definitely clicked while he's in Miami. But the question is why? Well, I think a few things. I think um, he was a rising star in Chicago, and that's where he started to make a name for himself. And then the expectations and the opportunities expanded for him when he went to Philadelphia. But there were other things that were happening there that were already established. And so I, I don't think that as he as he grew, there were other things that were going on that were conflicting and going against him. And so I just never, I agree that it never really worked out, but I disagree that he didn't have an interest in basketball. Um, but in Miami, he's had an opportunity to be the, the outside tough guy that's coming in to set the tone for the culture. He's a veteran. He's established himself. He's got that kind of credibility. And, um, and he had a coach that, that I think had his back and was willing to adapt the culture to to him, and that's what he wanted. So I think that the Miami culture really fit, and I think that they gave him opportunity to to be the type of leader that makes him the best at what he does. And on the defensive side, in fact, another really great basketball, I guess, offensive show that we've seen put on by Miami would also go to Tyler Hero, who has been phenomenal, mm-hmm. especially his outside shooting. And when it comes, like, the, the more later it gets in the, the game, bench. yeah, and the more later it gets in the game, the better he is, which is amazing in itself. I think Tyler Hero deserves a lot of credit for keeping Boston in some of these games, or at least getting him to overtime nonetheless. I, he's been a really clutch shooter for them. Yeah, he has been huge off the bench and uh, provides that kind of a change-up, a different type of player. He's got length, um, and uh, he can do different things on the court. So, uh, yeah, having that, that option, that X factor off the bench is huge, and that's Really a big reason why they're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Yeah, Tyler fell an assist shy, though. It was his first career triple-double. He had 12 points, 11 boards, and 9 dimes. And by the way, as you mentioned yesterday, Eric, he played starting minutes off the bench, 40 minutes off the bench. Goran Dragic had a team-high 29 points. Jake Crowder led uh, his – or no, excuse me, Jake Crowder had 22 uh, against Boston, which, by the way, is his former team. So uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of angst there. It. If for Boston, if Gordon Hayward's playing and he's healthy, is this a whole different series? Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's a whole different series, but I think it definitely adds another element for Boston. It it totally changes rotations and minutes and how many minutes guys have to play, uh, what your bench looks like, um, spreading around different opportunities for um, the scoring and even defense. So I think it makes a big difference for Boston to have him back. I uh, I also kind of wonder, what has it been? Why is it that we've seen so many fourth quarter comebacks? Boston's had it done to them. Boston's also done it to Toronto. Denver's done it to the Clippers and to the Jazz. Uh, you saw, um, what was the other series I was thinking about? Uh, Boston did it to Milwaukee, right? No, the Heat did it to Milwaukee. Heat did it to Milwaukee. Twice. Like, what is it, Eric, about this bubble that has allowed... Uh, is it just confidence, or I mean, if it was on a, if it was on the opponent's home court, for example, 
if the Nuggets were in at the Staples Center playing the Clippers, down by 16 in the third, do we see this happen? If the Heat are in Boston for game one, down by 12 going into the fourth, do we see a comeback happen? Is it just the bubble? Uh, I think the bubble does play a big factor, and I think it's easier to come back on player on on teams if you're down. I think if you're at uh, if you're in Boston and you have that kind of a hole, it's hard to come back because the crowd starts to get more and more amped up, and then your Boston's role players and uh, fringe guys they step up and do a little bit more. You don't have that effect as much in the bubble. Yeah, they have the crowd noise, sure, but. That does it only goes so far. So I think it does play a factor when you're on the road and you're down. It's hard to come back, uh, but if you're in the bubble, it's it's a neutral site, so it's anybody's game. So who does the best with you know, doubling down, focusing, and just grinding? Uh, I think you have to give credit to to Denver for figuring that out. How to do that? Miami has certainly figured that out. How to do that? Um, and those are the two teams that I think have done the best with that in the bubble environment. Heat and Celtics tonight, 5 o'clock Mountain Time here in about 13 minutes. The game will be on ESPN. By the way, just to wet your whistle if you are interested in this game, the Heat are 9-1 in this postseason. Eric, they have won 10 of their first 11 playoff games once in team history. That was when in 2005 when they went 10-1, and but they lost to the Pistons in the conference finals. In seven games, we'll see if they can refix that and advance to the NBA Finals. Game two tonight at 5 o'clock. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll get you more of the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. Two AFC West foes collide in Los Angeles as the Chargers host the Kansas City Chiefs. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action from SoFi Stadium as the Chargers play in their new home for the first time. But can they deal with Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champs? It's the Chargers and the Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday, beginning at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the full court press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, who's the one analyst you would not want to follow? Sports analyst that you refuse to follow on Twitter. I'm going to throw Skip Bayless aside because he doesn't count. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, what sports analyst I don't follow? I don't want to either. Like, you see him and it says, hey, follow me. And you're like, no. Uh, wow, I don't. It's a good question. I don't know. You know, nobody's coming to mind it, right? I mean, Mark Jackson, maybe? Okay, so what's even on Twitter? Why, why I don't even know. People diss Mark Jackson. I love Mark Jackson. He has nothing to say. Yeah, he does. When he's calling a game, he's looking good. That was a great drive. Like, tell me how the play happened. Not <laughs> just some you know, playground stuff. I mean, how did the play happen? Why was it a good drive? Okay, fine. Who's he worse? doesn't give any analysis. He okay. just says Things. I feel like he gives good analysis like on a defensive position. But who's worse? Chris Weber or Mark Jackson? Mark Jackson. Who's worse? Mark Jackson? Wait, you said Mark Jackson over Chris Weber? Yeah. No way. Dude, Chris Weber. Uh yeah, you know, he's gotta really try man, they are playing really hard. Boy, I've just been so impressed. That 
Oh, look, he just <laughs> hit his shot to have 50. That's awesome. Good for him. But then, like, okay, who's worse, Reggie Miller or Chris Webber? Chris Webber. Okay, if Reggie Miller's among the best. I love Reggie Miller. I don't know. Some people are like he was trending on Twitter a couple nights ago. They said if I have to listen to Reggie Miller one more time, and I'm like, are you serious? Him and Kevin Harlan together are gold. That's Nick Zollinger and Dave Simmons <laughs> for me when I listen there to those go. guys. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour of the Full Court Press. Don't forget Mark Ziegler at 5.15 of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Eric, Mount West Conference football, will it or will it not happen? And what are the obstacles? He was listening that time. He's just teased. Was I supposed to say something? Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France and Andre Salas, and we wrap it up here of the first hour of the Full Court Press, and uh, good for hour number two. Again, Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union-Tribune will join us to talk about Mount West Conference football, the hopes to be playing it, and the obstacles that stand in the way. Uh, Boise State sounds confident that they might get just that. Big high school football game tonight, Ridgeline Skyview. There's an NFL game tonight between two young, up-and-coming quarterbacks. Could be a doozy. Stick around. We'll talk about it more coming up in the next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, the Big Ten is back. It's been a wild month for the venerable conference, but yesterday they announced that football was going to start the weekend of October 23rd, 24th. In a way, the Big Ten's journey reflects some of the things that have been going on around the country. The powers that be had to weigh safety versus revenue, figure out how to do it, the whole time balancing a number of different agendas. The Big Ten has schools all over the country in states with different situations, different politics. No surprise that they seemed like they were all over the place at times, and they were. But they landed on the current plan. And if it works, we could see Ohio State or Penn State or Wisconsin in the Final Four. Or maybe it's Michigan's year. We all have to re-educate ourselves on these teams to see who's going to be good and who's going to be great. If this all works out, we're going to find out soon enough. Welcome back, Big Ten. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.